Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome indeed. Thank you very much, Mr. Announcer Man. It is the Two Guys and a Microphone Show. I'm abbreviated to Two Guys and a Mic here on the TalkZone.com. It's the big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Chicago Cub baseball, White Sox baseball on the docket today. The Bulls, the Chicago Bulls live for another day. We'll talk NBA playoffs and more. Got a little NHL hockey news and notes. We'll jump off the sports page as we are wont to do here on the Two Guys at a Mic Show. Again, the big dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. A little bit of music played by our producer extraordinaire, David Olson. And then we will get the show started off. Today we're kicking off on the 25-yard line. We were penalized yesterday, so we're kicking off 15 yards deep. Thank you very much, Mr. Olson, and we do have a uh, Chicago Bull victory. We uh, left yesterday's show talking to the big dog, saying we hope, we hope that indeed we'll be able to analyze and uh, go over a game six and not talk about the end of the Chicago Bull season, because if that holds true, then we got to talk Cubs and Sox baseball for the next three months. We're not quite ready to do that yet, and the wishes were answered. Thank you very much, Chicago Bulls. Coming up with a 77 to 69 victory. They hold the Sixers under 70 points. Impressive. Impressive defensive effort indeed. Part of that impressive defensive effort, by the way, was just pitiful shooting by the Philadelphia 76ers. I mean, if they start hitting their open shots, the Bulls could be in trouble. And the Bulls, on the other hand, hitting some Luol Dang in particular. And I love Luol, and he was very active and a good strategy by the Bulls early on. First couple of sets, clearly, was to get Luol Dang out of his funk a little bit and back into the offensive sets. And they didn't call him for it to hit the outside shot, but they had him slicing to the basket. That was the old Luol. Remember when he used to be a slicer and a dicer? Now he's pretty much a standstill shooter. So I give Tom Thibodeau the credit and the players the credit for executing the first couple of plays, got Luol Dang off uh, on some nice slices and dices. I call him the Popeil's pocket fisherman. It dices, it slices, it cuts hands, ears, fingers, toes from Popeil. If you buy this, we'll throw in along with it the weed eater. Was that a Ron Popeil thing, the weed eater? No, it was not. The weed whacker was something totally Oh, the weed whacker. That's what it was. That was not a Popeil? No, Ron Popeil had nothing to do with that. Nah. Let's move on from Ron Popeil, Coach. I'm a big Ron Popeil fan. In fact, some of our best radio has been talking about Ron Popeil products. But if I have to, we'll move on. But big dog, as I welcome in my partner, Joel Radwanski, talking about uh, Luol Dang hitting some unbelievable shots last night. Some of them were off-balance Prayers. I don't know if he's going to hit those again. It was a combination of the Bulls hitting some of those shots in Philadelphia. As good a team as they can be, they're a pitiful shooting team. At least they have been thus far. Well, let's give the Bulls a little bit of credit for that. Now, we all knew that Philadelphia was no near weird like a, a juggernaut offensively. But uh, the Bulls have done a phenomenal job of, of defending them and really getting into their bodies. Now, 
Um, uh, John Collins still has to read the referendum freedom of movement deal, whatever the heck that garbage meant. But the Bulls have played awesome defensively, Coach. Well, I, I would disagree with that a little bit. You use the words phenomenal and awesome. I think the Bulls' defense. Awesome, yes. They, they played really. They are contesting everything, Coach. I don't know about that. Again, I'll, I'll disagree, not majorly, but I'll disagree minorly. Uh, better yesterday, definitely more activity, a little bit similar to the defense we saw during the regular season. The game before, even when Philadelphia was shot very poorly, they found a way to win. Um, you know, the Bulls defense, it was okay. There was a lot of open looks by Philadelphia, and they simply missed it. But uh, who cares? Whatever the reason is, Big Dog Bulls win, and we got another game tomorrow, and uh, you and me we're one of the few Chicago Bull fans holding out that there still was a chance. A lot of people in this city and a lot of the national experts have pretty much written the Bull off. They at least live for another day. Congrats, my friend. Yeah, and for the whole thing, maybe the Bulls are not going to win the NBA championship this year. And trust us, all of us wanted us to one of the Bulls to win. But the fact is, they're still in a series with the Philadelphia 76ers. And after they mocked Joachim Noah... Uh, while he was hurt, and especially after the whole Derrick Rose injury. What if that happened in Philadelphia? Would they have been applauding when one of the greatest stars in the NBA got scraped off the court and was done for the season? Uh, Coach, I really want this series as a Bulls fan, really. And I don't want to be another, oh, uh, a number one loss to an eight. What a choke of a season. I don't want to have to, because 20 years from now when they read off the, the stat line of these are all the number ones that lost to a number eight, they're not going to say, oh, by the way, yeah, when the, and the Bulls in, in 2012, they didn't have Derrick Rose. No one's going to mention that. I do not want the Bulls to be a number of statistics, and I definitely don't want it to be to a bunch of fans who cheer when people have season-ending injuries. Okay, <laughs> so enough said. Uh, you know what I mean? I I want this series bad, Coach. And apparently somewhat agitated, Joe Radwanski, the big dog, joining us on the Talk Zone today. Phone lines are open, folks. Talk a little bull basketball, the Cubs game. Indeed, White Sox 10th inning victory. Got all that and more. Again, we're going to jump off the sports page. Got some news and notes. You'll be uh, sad or happy to know, big dog, there is no obituary of the day today. No featured obituary. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's, it's either happy or sad. We don't, we don't, we cut to the chase here. Yep. We don't we don't miss words. If well, somebody was a jerk and they died, we let you know. We, you know, we don't say something nice just because they're dead. Well, I don't. <laughs> you are exactly correct on that. And quite frankly, when Goober died on Monday, that that was you know that took the place of a couple. That really that could carry us until Thursday. I need to recuperate from George Lindsay passing away. Let me throw Found out the out phone number Goober's real quick. Name? Found huh? out Goober's name, Coach. That that was not a noun. It was actually a verb. His name. <laughs> Let me, let me throw out our phone number to any uh, Chicago Bull fans who want to chime in. Maybe we have some listeners out in Philadelphia who are angry with the big dog. You and the Philadelphia fans got something going. I would not be surprised. Let me get the number out there, 888-463-6748, I would not be surprised if we see some signs, big dog, uh, hopefully not too obscene, that mention you in particular at Philadelphia. They still play in the spectrum? Uh, no, Coach. Uh, they moved out of that arena, I do believe, in the late 80s. Ah, really? No, it hasn't been that long. They, they moved, I forget how They're many. out of the spec. What happened to the Spectrum? They tear it down? No, it's still around, and, like, ah. like they play, like, you know, the big five they play. They play games okay. of, like Villanova versus St. Joe's and LaSalle, all those great yeah. games. Uh, they play that at the Spectrum. Yeah, so it's so what around. about, wait a minute, whoa, 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 whoa. They moved those games away from the Palestra? Oh, you're right. 
the spectrum might be down the flush. Because remember, when we did our award-winning segment about a year ago on some of our um, bucket list of sports things we want to do when you and me retire, we walk off into the sunset hand-in-hand. Surprisingly, we both agreed that a visit to the Palestra for a little college basketball would be one of the things we'd love to do. Yeah, there's a bunch of those old arenas, like uh, where Butler plays. Yep, uh, Hinkle Fieldhouse. Hinklefield, it's like they were all made from like 1910 yep. to like 1935, and they all let light in. It's all that this orchestra lighting and all this crazy stuff. Named, by the time. way, after Larry Hinkle, 37 years as the lead plumber for Butler University. Very, very proud man, and really only a couple of instances. The one famous massive toilet overflow, which a lot of people still think that was a conspiracy, Big Dog, but, you know, was blamed on Larry Hinkle. I still think it was a college uh you know, like a senior prank. Very rarely are those men rushing my Another one, by the way, is that it would totally off subject, but as long as we're not at the pit in New Mexico, would love to view a collegiate basketball game from that place. Yeah, definitely. That, especially if uh, that team was ever good again. It hasn't been good in a long time. So. Is Steve Alford still the coach, or is that New Mexico State? I think he's the coach. Way to make me look good here. First minute of the show. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know what Steve Alford's doing lately. Right. I do know he did not make the tournament. Very good. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. We digress once again, and if you're a regular listener to this show, Big Dog, we tend to digress on a fairly regular basis. It's something we're trying to prevent doing, but uh, digression, if that's a word, is digression a word? I think it is. Digression is very much a part of this show, but sometimes it can be fun. Thank you very much. <laughs> Am I doing what you didn't want me to do yesterday? Put down the show. Eight eight four six three sixty seven forty. You know, it's all good. All right, seventy seven sixty nine. The victory, big dog. We do live for another day. Playing tomorrow. I don't know if we have a time left, but uh, it is bull and sixer. And I started to say I would not be surprised if I see some angry Philadelphia fans with some signs, not too complimentary of you in particular. They deserve it, though. I mean, with the way that that crowd has continued to act, and I, quite simply, if you go to, it's not just like a few people, Coach. You know, like sometimes when I hear about events that happen at, at Soldier Field, it actually is embarrassing. And I'm like, you know, I wish that wouldn't happen. You know, people shouldn't act that way, but it's always like a handful of people. And when I'm at a Bears game and somebody acts like a total idiot, I'm like, don't act that way. And you, you don't see a lot of it. Philadelphia, you don't get the whole crowd acts like idiots. It's like, hey, look, my, my eight-year-old son threw a battery at him and hit him. It was awesome. No, no, it's not awesome. Okay, quit acting like a bunch of fools over there in Philadelphia. So, game six is big to me. I know that. I don't know how many days we have to wait. Is it a week this time in between games for the NBA playoffs? I know it's not the regular season where they would play double headers and stuff. But mm-hmm. I mean, how long is it until game six, coach? Tomorrow, my friend. Oh, really? We, it's a typical NBA series now. Yep. We. I, I guess there must be something with the television programming in, uh, for ESPN and ABC that they couldn't get it done. There will be not much wait for this game. You'll be happy to know. Hopefully they can send it to a Game 7, which would, be, I'm sure, be over the weekend on a Saturday and or Sunday. Would you agree with me uh, on this analysis, Big Dog? The best player for the Chicago Bowl last night all around was a guy who did not play at all. Got a DNP CD. Did not play coach's decision in Game 5. Uh, or game four, that was Ronnie Brewer. I thought he was one of the keys and really the best all-around player for the Bull last night. Uh, and I couldn't agree more. And what did I tell you was the most important? I said Ronnie Brewer needs to get some minutes. 
Rip Hamilton needs to sit his old ass at the end of the bench, <laughs> okay? Seriously, and and get <laughs> 12 minutes a game is what Rip Hamilton should be getting. Yep, I hate to tell you, but you're exactly right. And I, I mentioned it yesterday. It's like you just can't turn it on in the playoffs, okay? You can't. Richard and, Hamilton and, and, needs to sit his old ass on the end of the bench. Thank you very much. The people that are calling for him, have they, those are the people that have not watched Bulls games for the first uh, during the regular season. Anybody saying Rip Hamilton should be on the court? It's it's as simple as that. Well, because, and again, we're not we're not the two of us agree here. We're not saying he shouldn't play, but he he's not thirty two minutes a game. He's much better oh. if he's playing thirteen minutes and thirty seconds. And, you know, next year after, over a course of the season, he works his way into the playing with the Bulls. That next year's playoffs could be something totally else. We're talking about a guy that has. I mean, how many times this year did he play 35 minutes a game in the regular season, Coach? I mean, really, on the top of your head, well, how many games would you guess? Two. Five? If I, two. Okay, I was going to put the over-under at five, and you would take the under in that. Yes. So, you know, he's got a handful of 30-minute of games, and all of a sudden, when the when the, your season's on the line, you expect the guy to produce? It's so, I, 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 don't, I don't expect that whatsoever. Ronnie mm-hmm. Brewer, you know, I, don't, I have no idea why he didn't play. Uh, the previous game, Coach. That's mm-hmm. baffling to me. But that was obviously what I called for was him to play. It was a good game he played. And yeah. he played like, you know what, I'm out here to prove that I I deserve minutes in NBA playoff games, mm-hmm. didn't he? Well, that will, that will further the rumors, and they continue to grow, that Tom Thibodeau, Ron Adams are a member. Some member of the Chicago Bulls staff must listen to this show, Big Dog, because it seems like when you make suggestions, as subtle as they may be, surprisingly... We see those things come to fruition. I think the Bulls brass might be listening right now. I don't want to put pressure on you. Uh, uh, Tom Thibodeau must have been listening yesterday because uh, the yeah. movement without the basketball was phenomenal, mm-hmm. wasn't it? I mean, I listen, the Bulls can barely score. But in order for the, for the Bulls to score, the first thing they have to do as soon as they get the ball on defense, when they turn into an offensive team, is the reaction should just be get the ball up the court as fast as we possibly can because – this team is not good in the half-court offense right now without Derrick Rose, okay? So anytime they can get – if, they, if they're going to get five – if they can get two extra points throughout a game with a layup and transition, it would ex- help extremely. I know, I know you agree with that. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is move without the basketball. And they, they did yesterday, especially early on in the game, and they were missing shots. I was like, come on, let's mm-hmm. go with Yeah, you're talking so, about old-school basketball. Very simple. Ball movement. Player movement. Move the ball, move the players. And when you move the players, you displace the defense a little bit and you create some openings. I I think you were on the uh, phone talking to our lead producer, David Olson, Big Doug. I'm sure talking about some complicated uh, mathematical theory right before the show. But I, I opened up by saying uh, they ran the first two sets of the game for Luol Deng to get him off. Good strategy, but they weren't sets to get him three-point shots. It was the old Luol Deng. Slicing and dicing to the basket, little curls to the hoop. He scored on both of them, and I thought that was a good strategy right from the get-go by Thomas Robert Thibodeau. Uh, Thibodeau getting it done. I mean, that's uh, he's taking a lot of criticism. Yep. Well, you can't coach, but like, you have your best player taken out in the in the playoffs, and you just figure out how to like shake everything back up. So, I think he's taking a little too much criticism for. Uh, the Bulls being down 2-3 at mm-hmm. this point in a series. I, I, 
I think they should have won one of those previous games out of the three that they've lost, and you know you can't point a finger at them. But and I know they've had a lot of games this year without Derrick Rose. But uh, I think he's taken a little bit way too much criticism this series as a head coach. Got another injury to worry about. Taj Gibson's foot rolling over in rather dramatic fashion. I've always said, Big Dog, I'm not a doctor, but I've experienced from coaching and out of my own. You really can't tell the significance, the severity of an injury until the next morning. So he played on it a little bit. I don't know how bad it's going to be, but when Taj wakes up this morning, there is a slight chance that thing could blow up larger than your uh, big melon. I gotta, I gotta be quite honest. I, Taj Gibson's gonna be in a lot of trouble, coach, because, did you, did you see him when he came back out on the court? I mean, the guy's got the heart of a warrior, but he did not belong on the court. He was basically just a presence out there over the last six months, and I'm not ripping him for like no production. He couldn't jump! At at some point, you gotta go get Scalabrini. And I know you don't wanna do it, or Jerry Butler. You either got to go small because they were going four and a half on five at that point. Uh-huh. They, they, I, I don't think I, I am expecting Tosh Gibson not to be able to fight him. Oh I'm really hoping he can. But yeah. did you see the way he was moving? I, little I better, know. little better than Jokum. No, it wasn't quite to the level of Jokum, who should never have been on the floor. But um, he's going to be hurt, no question yeah. about it. This morning, and um, you know, maybe the fact that we're playing with only one day's rest, is going to come back and haunt the Bulls because yeah, you take Noah and Taj Gibson out of that lineup, mm. obviously with Derrick Rose, now, now you're really, really playing behind the eight ball. Taj Gibson had a bunch of block shots. Uh, he and Ashik, a big part of the victory too, Big Dog, with their activity defensively, the referees let them play. Didn't call it too close in the block shots, big part of the game. Yeah, well, I mean, if, if you think about what Philadelphia has gotten away with, there's no reason why the Bulls shouldn't get to play a little physical also. And, and, and I'm not sitting there blaming the brain game, but if you're talking about the, the, the refs, let them go. Yeah, they let both teams go. But mm-hmm. let's be honest. Spencer Hawes is still trying to get over on a, on a shift on his pick. His feet are so slow, but somehow he seems to be in the right spot all the time. I, mm-hmm. By the way, I'm old enough, sad to report, I'm old enough to remember Spencer Hawes' father as a basketball player collegiately. And I think in the pros a little bit, too. I, I didn't even realize Spencer Hawes had a father yeah, play. Stephen Hawes. Basketball. I think he played at UCLA. Could be completely off, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Steve Hawes. I want to say UCLA was like an undersized center on some of their great teams, and then he played in the NBA maybe with the Phoenix Suns. But at any rate, uh, he's been a big part of Philadelphia's ball club as well. Uh, 888-463-6748. The phone number here, Bulls win. They're down 3-2 in the series. Got game six coming up tomorrow, and um, we'll see. Hopefully they'll be healthy. Big dog, the pressure. It's interesting, isn't it? Even though the Bulls are the one seed, Philadelphia's the eighth seed, it's like we're in the underdog role right now. There's a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit more pressure on Philadelphia right now. Yeah, uh, I'm going to have to agree just a little bit uh, that there's a little bit more pressure on them because if you consider that they were the they were the one seed, everyone expects to lose, and all of a sudden Derrick Rose gets hurt. And now everyone's like, oh, well, the Bulls are done. And then when you go up 3-1, it was like it was, this series was totally written off. They put that on uh, NBA TV last night, Coach. They put the one seed on NBA TV. That's, that never happened. So they were like, oh, this series is over with. The Bulls have won this game. And next year, if the Bulls win game six, they have a real good shot at winning at home in game seven. 
Uh, that's so I, I agree with you. There's a lot of pressure for Philadelphia to mm-hmm. win in Game Six right here, or 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 they or you're going Game Seven, and hopefully by then Jokic will be back. Definitely don't want to come back to the United Center if you're a Philadelphia fan. Big dog, speaking of injuries, we talked about Taj, Noah, and Derek Rose. I have not seen yet. We didn't bring it up yesterday, and I've been told not to look at it. But the injury to New York Nick, and they're playing tonight against the Heat backup point guard, Baron Davis. Have you seen the uh, replays of that? I, uh, I Right when they said look away, I, I had to. How bad? I, I don't get off on people getting hurt, but he has a displaced kneecap. And from what, from the reaction of the people in the room, that that uh, they, they, it was ugly, coach. Is the best way I could tell you. So, I'm still confused. Did you see it or not? No, I did not see ah. it. I just saw the reaction of the people who saw it. Gotcha. And it was uh, his uh, kneecap actually displaced. It was in the wrong spot. Eh, that's it. Yeah. Oh come on! A displaced kneecap. That's that's the kind of thing you can just slide it back into place, like one of those little jars with the you know the. The lid is attached, but it slides over. I would think you could just slide that puppy back, tape it up. No reason Baron Davis should not not be out there playing 18 to 20 minutes tonight. No excuse. The way that it's it's displaced, you would think that you can just put it back in. The the Miami Heat player's reaction was the craziest thing because the whole bench was like, oh, no, it was right in front of their bench. They probably not only could see it, but that's one of those things you probably could hear. Oh, yeah, I've Nasty. heard a femur bone break. Nasty. Yeah, we've seen two of... uh, two stars now, Mariano Rivera, and not to put Baron Davis on the level of Mariano Rivera, but two stars with uh, somewhat freakish but severe injuries that probably will end the careers of both great players. No, uh, Mariano Rivera went to the doctor yesterday, and they found out it was much worse than yes, they thought it was. I saw that. And and, and quite frankly, they were like, uh, there, you know, there's some ACLs where you're like, hey, you're a pitcher. And you know what? You pitch one inning a game. If you can stand the pain, you can pitch this year. Mm-hmm. And the, they were like, no, you're done. You can, you, you can pitch in a year. And Mariano Rivera's like, okay, I'm going to pitch in 2013. He's already stated it. He doesn't care how bad it is. He's going to pitch in 2013. Yeah. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool that he, it was a horrible day for him. And, and and you know what? If that is a good idea, Coach. You, if he comes back saying, "I'm going to do whatever it takes to come back and pitch again," even if he doesn't pitch again, you know what will end up happen? He'll probably be able to walk a lot better than if he's like, "Oh, I'm done. My knee injury. I'm in my 40s. Mm-hmm. You know what? I've done enough. I'm just going to go back to Panama and play my guitar." You know what I mean? I, I like the fact that he's like making it a point to come back and try to be as strong as ever. Mm-hmm. Ah, very good. Big Dog, have you uh, ever had the ACL injury through a somewhat storied high school and collegiate career? And if so, or if you've seen others, uh, I would assume behind the scenes, it's an unbelievable amount of pain yeah. and work to get that ACL back to playing condition. It is. It's a lot. And like, you know, I know guys, that, like our, our weak side linebacker at McMurray, he had it, and he was just like, oh, I'm done. He's like, I'm done. I'm never going to play football again. And then there was other guys that came back and played football. I... My buddy Joe Hogan lost his ACL when he was in uh, eighth grade. Ouch! Both of them. He had no. He had no ACL in either knee by the time. By the time he was playing freshman football at Downers Grove North. So it was like just that was always like a little bit odd to me. Like, I don't know how the hell you do that. Uh, I, I was lucky to have extremely healthy knees. I never missed a football game due to any form of knee injury or anything. The only like it was always like broken. 
like hands or something like that when I was like hitting yeah. people in their helmet or whatever. Not only knees, by the way. People that are uh, new to the show, we haven't talked about it for a while, big dog. But uh, your calves, of course, have been seen in magazine commercials and fitness uh, mm-hmm. magazines. You have, while your ankles and knees are average at best, your calves what are. Do you, uh, what, are you, what, are you, what are you talking about? My the, the ankles are all part of it. Because I have eh. really thin ankles, but my, my calves are, are yes. the size of softballs. Tremendously, but they're well-shaped calves. But your ankles, eh, quite frankly, nothing to nothing to glow about. So it's all part of the whole package, Coach. <laughs> but your calves, you know, got, were, 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 I'm, I'm not just kidding, right? They were featured in a couple of uh, fitness magazines? No, it is true, and on one of my shins, I, I jumped out of a kayak once yep. uh, about 15 years ago in the Wolf River in northern Wisconsin. And when I jumped out, I didn't realize that the river was the lowest <laughs> point it had been in, like, legitimately, uh. like, 50 years. And when I jumped out, I jumped. It was I landed on massive jagged rock. Oh, boy. And it hit my shin, and it totally busted up my whole entire shin. I had no skin on there. I was bleeding everywhere. Yeah, you know, I get back in the kayak. You know, we get back, you know, and my girlfriend, he hit my head, and she kept yelling at me. And I'm like, I'm, are you done yelling at me? Okay, then we get out, and she looks at my leg, and there's blood everywhere. And I'm like, and for the last three hours, you've been screaming about how you're, you hit your head. And it was like, just a little tap, and she was fine. I got a cut. I got a cut. And then she turned around, there was, there was blood all over her pants everywhere. Wow. I was like, oh, that's pretty funny, isn't it? Well, I have that on one shin, and on the other shin was the incident where I was used to jump up and down on that 50-inch table. And then all of a sudden somebody said something to me, and I and I hit my shit on it. I remember that. See my phone. You can see, and like my skin flopped open, and I legitimately have a six-inch scar where you could see my shin. Well, on each shin, I they're totally destroyed. But when these people, like this guy, saw my calves when I was working on, he was like, he just came up to me. He's like, I know this does sound a little weird, but uh, I have a friend that will want to take picture of your calves, and I'm like, are you serious? And I am not kidding, Coach. Within, like, an hour and a half, some guy shows up with a bunch of camera equipment at the Valley Total Fitness Network. We went into a back room. This guy handed me 200 <laughs> bucks, and he was like, "These, he's like, they're sublime. These are the most wonderful cats. He's like, you don't even work out on them, do you? I'm like, no, I don't. He's like, yeah, I know you can't. There's there's no such thing as a calf workout. You can't. And then and I'm like, well, what? He's like, I'm going to give you 200 bucks. I'm like, well, what about, like, all the scars on my shit? Oh, don't worry. We'll, we'll, put, we'll, like, we'll what do you call it, Photoshop that out. He's like, I've never seen anything like this. And he's like touching my calf, coach. <laughs> and I'm like, and he's, and then he's got like this V-shaped uh, calf workout machine thing, okay? And I have to act like I'm doing the workout on uh-huh. this uh, on this calf machine. Oh, so false advertising. So here they are advertising your beautifully shaped and well ingrained calves in yes. coordination with the machine, and then the two of you. Barely even just got acquainted. I'm talking about you and the machine. That's false advertising, and I'm shocked. That you would be part of that. How much? Uh, how much do they pay you? They gave me two hundred bucks. Well, there you okay. go. Now I'm not. And, now I'm not so shocked. And that was a Saturday. Okay, so listen to what this, this happened. So that was a Saturday, and so I get done with work. I take the two hundred dollars and I bet it on Big Brown to win the Kentucky. Team. No. Big Brown wins. I have an extremely good night and morning, and at eight p.m. the next. Um, A.M. the next day, I decided to drive home from a night of partying, 
And let's just say I got pulled over for excessive engine noise, oh, and my boy. life has never been the same ever since. Oh, boy. That guy stopped me and was like, you have beautiful calves. These calves <laughs> have cost me my driver's license. <laughs> In a semi-indirect but actually partially direct way. That's unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm offended by the fact you bring big, big Brown into the story. You had to find some way to take a shot at a horse. But, yeah, See, what could Brown do for me? Well, I could lose my license. Okay, every wow. time somebody says that, I just want to, like, slap somebody. So within a 24-hour, less than 24-hour period of time, you hit the pinnacle. You were riding the high, and then a very short time later, about as low as you can get. You know, the guy was talking to me. He's like, you'll get work forever with these things. <laughs> he's like, you really got to take advantage of that. He's like, you can make a couple thousand extra a year just from yeah. people taking pictures of your cast. And, you know, he was right. I've done it for a few other people. So, but that the, the first one, like the first time, was always special for me, Coach. You know what I mean? When I became a professional calf model. Uh huh. <laughs> People tuning into the show to hear our breakdown of the Chicago Bulls Philadelphia Seventy Sixers game. We haven't got to the Cubs game yet. Maybe if we keep delaying and digressing, we'll never get to the Cubs game because that eighth inning was truly painful to watch. Sox in a comeback victory, and we have just spent the last four minutes in twelve seconds of precious programming on the big dog's calf muscle. But I'm to blame because I'm the one who brought it up. So I'll All right. take the blame. All right. Hey, big dog, we got a special guest on the line right now. We want to welcome in. Uh, uh, he has a sports show or a blog, I believe, and it is yeah. called Sports by George. And shockingly, his first name is George. His last name is Darko. Again, the blog is Sports by George. We welcome in for the first time to the two guys in a mic show. George, how are you, my friend? Good, good. How are you guys doing? Pleasure to be on today. Absolutely. Very few people say it's a pleasure to be on, by the way. I think you're the third to do that. Well, I think I found my uh, my, my group here because I, too, uh, have, have had some uh, positive comments made on my calves. Really? So, so yeah, so we've got a group wow. of uh, sexy, calves, right. uh, sexy calf men going today. So. Too bad Joel's ankles and knees just, you know, don't match up, but the calves are tremendous, but... Uh... You know, we can... And I wouldn't say sexy, because I've never had one woman say, you have nice guys. It's always old men with a little bit of a drool. And now that <laughs> after what happened in college football the last year, I'm, I'm a little bit suspicious about everybody that has congratulated me on my, my award-winning cast. So <laughs> it's not good. Now, I, w- I was able to meet George while well, I tweet with him just for the simple fact of our loathing of Alfonso uh Soriano, coach. That is how we hooked up and communicating, mm-hmm. and I started reading this blog. It, it, it quite simply is that if you want to get to know me out there, forget contacting me on Facebook. Just say something nasty on Alfonso Soriano, so and I'll you, find you. You have never you. met first person sports by George. No, I haven't. Okay. Well, George, I will tell you, we do severe background checks on all of our guests. Oh, great. And there are some issues that we need to talk about. Most of them all fair, but there are some things we do need to talk about, my friend. But for oh, the great. things we can talk about, tell the fans a little bit about uh, yourself and, of course, the blog. Well, basically, uh, you know, I'm 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 like uh, just about every other Cubs fan out there. Um, I've uh, I've got about three decades of, of watching, uh, you know, what 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 has been a less than stellar ball club. Um, you know, all the all the great moments uh, are are just just pretty much ingrained in my memory. Um, you know, everything from Bartman to you know Leon Durham. Uh, you name it. Um, you know, the motivation for my, for my blog pretty much came, it comes from the Cubs. It comes from really just an overall, uh, just an overall interest in Chicago sports, which, you know, has been a fixture in my life, uh, ever since I can remember. Um, mm-hmm. I proposed to my wife at a, uh, at a Cubs Sox game. Um, and, uh, and ironically, the following day, uh, uh, we went to, uh, uh, I'm sorry, the previous year, 
the previous year from uh, from the game I proposed to Rat was another uh, Sox Cubs game, uh, one in which Alfonso Soriano uh, just you know tanked a uh, an easy fly ball to left field to give the Sox the game. So uh, got a lot of history behind Mr. Soriano. Um, you know, it gives me a lot of good motivation to uh, to get out there and and, and pretty much complain. Um, you know, they, they say that uh, it, in, a, in a psychological aspect, a lot of people say that, you know, journaling is a good way to deal with your with your problems and with your pain. And, mm-hmm. and uh, that too has been my my form, so to speak. So. By the way, any of the uh, people that uh, are regular readers of the Sports by George blog, it's not easy to actually get to talk to George. And maybe you're tuning in now. This is your opportunity. You've been mad at him. You want to fire at him. You're aggravated at him. Maybe any some ex-girlfriends that are listening, you want to, you know, Bring up some issues off the sports page. That's what we're here for. So if you want to talk to George, 888-463-6748. We'll bring on all callers. Big Dog, um, sounds yeah, like you and I'm, you you and Sports by George sound like uh, two at a bicuspid. Whatever now, the hell that I, means. I have, a, I have a very touchy question here. I could be threatened in, in the deep water, but I'm just wondering, is your, is your wife like a diehard Cub fan? Please tell me she is because... If I would have done that to, like, my girlfriend now asked her at a Cub game, she would have said no and killed me later. So why are you asking me at a Cub game? That's for you. I, uh, it's quite the opposite, actually. Uh, I, I met my wife and, uh, you know, we, we had, I met my wife, uh, about four, four years ago now. And, uh, we, we started out talking about the Bears. Uh, you know, we shared a common ground there. We were a little, we differed a little bit. I was, I was, uh, I don't want to say a, 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 a avid enthusiast of Rex Grossman, but you know, I, it's kind of you got to believe in your quarterback. She hated the guy, uh, but other than that, we were good. You know, we we both uh, big Blackhawks fans, Bulls fans, uh, and then when the when the topic of baseball came up, she informed me that that she was a, uh, a pretty pretty good sized uh, Sox fan. Um, okay. We, we yeah, we of course went to the game. Uh, it was uh, it was in June of uh, 2010, and um, yeah, the Cubs won the game, and I proposed to her on the, uh, you know, on the on the big screen there, and uh, she she of course accepted, luckily, and uh, and and you know she's gonna hate me for saying this, but ever since she's kind of been swinging around to the other side here, so we'll we'll see where where we go. You know, she's uh, she's a, a pretty big fan of uh, Tony Campana. Uh, she re- revealed to me the other day that she's uh, she's got a little thing for David DeJesus, so uh, you know it comes with the territory. Now, was your wedding reception sponsored by BP? <laughs> no, no, unfortunately not. Okay, oh, that's too bad. Well, you know what, Coach? If 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 there, you have a, a couple that's a Cub and White Sox couple, and they actually get engaged at the game, there's probably a little bit less chance of a of that series being contentious. You know what I mean? It's not like oh, like a bunch of fights. You have to win this and all that. You know what I mean? That's not maybe that's not a bad thing. How much did the um? How much did it cost you to get the? The wedding or the marriage proposal on the scoreboard. It was it was actually a a pretty interesting ordeal. I uh, I started planning it um, oh probably about a month beforehand. Uh, you know I knew I was going to do it, and I I got in contact with the uh, the White Sox people, and uh, and you know I asked them you know hey can I uh, I want to put a, a message on the board uh, you know what's it going to cost uh, and and I forget the figure that they that they quoted me initially, um, and everything was all said and done. And uh, there was a, a, a confirmation email that's supposed to be sent, and they, they send me this email about a day before the event, and uh, they explain that unfortunately they they've, uh, they couldn't approve the message because it stated it, it had it physically had the word Cubs in the statement, and they wouldn't put it on the scoreboard, which 
you know, here I am uh, less than 24 hours away from, from you know, a, a pretty big moment in one's life. And, uh, and they've told me that, that it, it can't happen. So, uh, so on the day of the game, uh, I decided to go up to the, uh, to the booth. Uh, it's the, what is it, the fan relations booth. And I go up there and I say, hey, I'd like to get a message on the board. Uh, what's it going to cost? They told me uh, it was $70 as a charitable donation to White Sox <laughs> charities or whatever. And, um, and, and then, you know, I, I start, they, they go, hey, here's a form, fill out what you'd like to put on the board. I, I start writing and I say, okay, well, g- give me a rundown here of what I can and can't put on there. And the lady behind the counter says, you can put whatever you want on there. So ultimately, in the end, I, I was able to get my, uh, my message out there, which was, uh, which was, uh, will you, Spend the rest of your life with a Cubs fan. I uh, love George, and that was that. It's cool. So you try to do it the right way. They turned you down, so you just went and broke the rules anyways, and it got through. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's all about who you talk to in this world, because uh, you know, yeah, for for you know, and and I want to say it was there were two submissions that I made uh, uh, beforehand that that they denied, and then finally on the day of the event, the you know the lady behind the desk, I, I guess they really needed seventy bucks, so. So they were able to uh, to push it through. Big dog, uh, take notes. Take notes. Although I expect you to do it in a more unexpected and creative way. Sports by George, you are may not be aware, but the big dog's been in a somewhat uh, stable and long term relationship. So you know, maybe like a Bulls game, while. big dog, or a Schaumburg Boomers game. Who knows where you might pop the question? Yeah, yeah there like you go. I said, George has a diehard sports fan, and that was a cool idea. That's a great idea. If I did something like that, it would not be exactly the best idea, Coach. How about it? Maybe you know you like going to those UFC uh, mixed martial arts fights. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Yeah. Now, the, you now go. George, you know, I know somebody. I, the guy that used to be the ball and strike changer on the scoreboard at uh, US Cellular. Well, let's just say he's in jail now because he was the head of the electrician union working for <laughs> Cook County, and all of those guys were put in jail under Daly. He was one, so it's funny that scoreboard at U.S. Cellular Field. You talk, when you just said, "Oh, it's, it depends on who you talk to," and blah blah, blah you're exactly right. That whole organization is like yeah. that. I'm not kidding. They, they, a lot of them had daily jobs. So many guys that had odd jobs working for the state of Illinois at U.S. Cellular Field. Well, guess what? They're in the cell now, but it's not U.S. Cellular. So that that seventy dollar charitable donation that no, George no, gave legit. might... That's no, no, that's legit. That's, I'm not saying that whatsoever. I'm talking about, like, there's a lot of jobs. There were a lot of jobs over the last couple of years at U.S. Taylor Field that were state of Illinois or Cook County jobs, and let's just say they were extremely high-paying and they didn't do anything. And it's, that was all part of the whole... Uh, Interesting. You know, the whole the whole electri- uh, the electricians' union that went down. Mm-hmm. That guy was the head of the electrician union, and he was the guy that changed the balls and strikes. And out on the scoreboard. And they they say our show is not educational and informational. George, when you're not writing your award-winning sports blog, what do you do for uh, an actual living to make some financial uh, contributions? That uh, that actually is is uh, pretty much where uh, where I stand right now. Uh, really, writing. I've, I've I've been doing it for uh, well, for probably around three years now. Um, wow. Been on several websites. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I actually. I actually, uh, I, I guess I don't, it kind of got my, my break, so to speak, uh, during the Blackhawks, uh, cup run a couple of years ago, uh, following the, uh, the clinching game, uh, in Philadelphia, uh, I, I wrote a, uh, wrote a story about, uh, Philadelphia Flyers fans, uh, being uh, somewhat of a classless bunch, uh, based on, you know, their reaction to the, uh, to the, the, the post-game ceremonies involving the Blackhawks receiving the cup. 
Um, and uh, I received everything from, you know, congratulations uh, to, uh, you know, to, to a death threat, basically, uh, you know, uh, based on my opinion of, of Philadelphia Flyers fans. So, so with that, <laughs> I was able to take off a little bit um, and, uh, you know, form somewhat of an audience. And, uh, you know, now I'm, I'm kind of trying to do the independent thing a little bit more. Mm-hmm. There you go, big dog. A full-time did, gig should know. be inspiration to you, my friend. I have to go. I have to go read that particular article. I had no idea. So not only do we have a loathing uh, for uh, for Alfonso Sarianis, we have uh, also an affinity to dislike Philadelphia fans. Because I, honestly, I, I do realize the Bulls have a huge uphill climb in order to win an NBA championship, and that really sucks. Because two weeks ago, the, every Bulls fan was thinking NBA championship. But I don't want to lose to Philadelphia. I don't want to be a one losing to an eight and have that be Philly. Not, not at all. And but the players on that team that are not Derrick Rose don't deserve the, with the label of oh they're a one man team. So, Absolutely, Philadelphia. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, I don't know if uh, many people know this, but you know, Philadelphia Lincoln Financial Field up there where the uh, where the Eagles play uh, was was actually the first uh, the first stadium in the NFL to actually have a jail. Uh, and a, and a, and basically a judge on site uh, to take mm-hmm. care they of all the unruly fans. They have so. a courtroom in there. They, the guy comes in on Sunday, gets there at like 10 a.m. because they know in the parking lot there's going to be somebody arrested. <laughs> it, uh, do you know the actual number, George? It's like it's like a hundred a game. They have like a hundred arrests a game at a sporting event. That's like an average. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. And you you know you take uh, the other night what was it uh, Jonathan Papelbon gave up uh, you know blew basically blew a blew a lead for the Phillies and you know there's some guy who's uh, I posted the picture on Twitter yesterday there's a guy who's you know his wife's got his hand over his mouth because he's given the business to Papelbon <laughs> those, those fans there's there's just something wrong with them and uh, you know I'm I'm with you I feel the Bulls series is win win either way I think that if the if the Bulls uh, if the Bulls do fall then maybe uh, you know maybe the the execs uh, within the organization can look at the team a little bit a little more closely and say okay well here's truly what we have um, you know obviously you know Derek Rose great player one of the best in the NBA um, I I, th- I think Carlos Boozer we can all admit uh, has been nice at times but is he really a guy that that's going to get you over the hump uh, is he is no. he a guy that's going to be a major factor against say you know well what we're all measuring against deep down the Miami Heat probably not. Uh, you know, hopefully, if the Bulls do fall, it's uh, you know that 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 will give them a little bit more motivation to kind of look at the big picture. Uh, and of course, though, if they do win, it would be great to just shut up those Philly fans and and uh, and you know just just come out ahead and basically put them in their place. So, ladies and gentlemen, he is Sports by George, better known as George Darko. You can read his blog on a regular basis, updated about how often, Mister George. Uh, I I try to get something in daily. Um, it's it's uh, at the very latest, probably you know, probably two, every two days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hope to incorporate a podcast in the future um, and and really, you know, a little more user interaction. Uh, it, it's it is relatively new. Uh, the site's been around for uh, probably around a month now, um, and uh, you know, still trying to get its following. Um, you know, it, 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 user interaction, of course, is, is mm-hmm. strongly encouraged, and uh, I'd like to hear what what fans have to say. Beautiful. It sounds like you and the big dog are right on the same path. In fact, if the two of you met at a uh, like a speed dating thing, I don't think you ever would have got married, and he wouldn't have his girlfriend. The two of you sound like you're on the same sports path, and uh, hopefully we will connect down the road. George, we'll get you back on, talk some Chicago sports. In fact, if the Bulls beat Philadelphia on Thursday, and there's a few more inmates that go to the Philadelphia prison down there. Or no, that's at Financial Field, right? Yeah, yeah, we get Financial Field. Okay. Well, no. 
I, well, that's right across the street from Citizens Bank, though. Ah. And like they're all built, everything, all of those, the, the the ice arena and the basketball stadium, they're all like within uh, the same parking lot, Coach. So cool. I'm sure there's probably a judge on hand that just walking right <laughs> over to Lincoln Financial. Sure, uh, why not? You know, yeah. I'm sure. You know, it, it, prison guard is yeah. not the best job in the world, but if I was going to be a prison guard. Being at the football stadium at Lincoln Financial, you know, you're not dealing with the same prisoners all the time. you got a different clientele coming in. I'm sure it's very eventful, and uh, you could probably write a blog about that if you were the lead prison guard. Absolutely. Not a bad gig. Well, beautiful. George, we appreciate you coming on. Keep rooting right, for our uh, Chicago teams, and we'll keep in touch, okay? All right. Thank you very much, guys. Have a great day. All right. Thanks, George Darko. Appreciate it coming on. That's- uh, uh, George, another guy that I, that I met on my newfound addiction of Twitter, and I cannot believe, you know, it always takes me a long time to change, Coach. I don't know. Uh, from now on, I'm not, I'm not going to let it happen. I'm going to actually try to be a little bit more cutting edge. I cannot believe it's 2012. It was April 2012 when I finally decided to get on that, that freaking thing, and I think it's done more for our show in the last week mm-hmm. than it has in the previous well, And sports by George, Big Dog, should be a tremendous inspiration to you because unless – uh, you know, he has divested and made some particularly good stop auction buyouts. He's making somewhat of a living. Or his wife, you know, could be a doctor at some neurosurgeon hospital. But uh, he's making a living by doing the sports blog gig, Big Doe. So uh, inspiration to you. Well, he's definitely married up. We can tell that. Because anybody <laughs> who you meet talking about the Bears and then you find out loves baseball and is cool enough that you can actually hang out with even though they're like uh, – one of the rivals, that's good. He's already he's doing all right in that, in that sense. Beautiful. Playing. 888-463-6748, the phone number again, if you want to check in with the dog and the coach here, 888 We've avoided the topic long enough. Big Dog got to throw out the Cub game yesterday. It was actually a pretty good game, a one-to-one heading into the eighth inning, and it's just painful to watch an athlete who we all like. He's a great guy, but he cannot pitch anymore it's been evident for a couple of years when it counts what do you what mean was, evident in a couple of years it's been evident for a couple of years when what was dale swaim's term um said like less pressure situations he had a better term for it but the bottom line is and again as much as i like the guy and fans do he's a class act and has been for a long time when it counts over the last two years Kerry wood cannot get through an inning uh you know, definitely this year, I, I mean, he should be moved out of any clutch situation, Coach. And I'm, I'm not going to doubt that because he's been really bad this year. But you're also got to understand, he's coming off an arm injury. Why is he pitching in when the games are on I the line? you got to work yourself back in. Yep. And it's not because he isn't clutch or he's – maybe maybe he is washed up. Because uh, I, who knows? You never know when it happens to a player. But I'm not willing to just give up on the guy because – uh, he had a rough start to the season. And all I know is this. Would you, you tell me he can't pitch when it counts? Well, during the playoff stretch in 2010 for the Yankees, which was a year and a half ago, uh, he had a .69 ERA. That's not bad, okay? And then last year with the Cubs, he had a 3.35 ERA. And he wasn't all that great, I agree. But I'm just not willing to give up uh, on the guy totally. And let, let me see when his arm is totally healthy. But who knows, the way he blew up after yesterday's game, maybe he is, or maybe he realized, hey, I am healthy, mm-hmm. and I don't have anything left, because I, you never see Kerry Wood blow up, nope. throw a, throw his glove and, and head into the stands, and then not answer questions about it. I, I'm just, uh, there, there are guys that deserve to get ripped on that are Chicago Cubs, and 
I, I just like Kerry Wood, as long as you're only saying, you know what, he might be done and that's it. But these people that are piling on him, talking about he sucks and he should retire and he's, you know, like people, if I met him in the alley, I'd hit him in the back of his head. I mean, that's, I'm like, really? Is that what, there's that much loathing about Kerry Wood because the guy might be coming to the end of his career? Well, what happens to you when you're at the end of your career if you had a, a really good one? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's bothered me the way the kid has been, the, the man, the kid K, you know, has, oh. been, has been treated the last couple of days. It's, it's kind of bad. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, show a little class. Don't be a Philadelphia fan. Be a Chicago fan. Completely agree. Oh. Guy's been a total class act. I'd love to see him get in the organization, be it as a coach or in some uh, capacity, sort of like a Greg Maddox was, but... Um, you know, I think the term that Dale Swain used, we're going to put Kerry in non-stress situations. Yeah, that's it. That's what yeah, he said. Well, that, that didn't it. work last night because it was last time I checked, one-to-one heading into the eighth inning is a stress situation. Bad move by Coach Dale. I might now, reopen my website, firedaleswain.com, if that keeps up. If I remember correctly, in the Monday night game against the Braves, Dolise didn't pitch, did he? I don't know. Maybe they thought like, no. it was going to be... No, they, they threw, because um, I was at that game, they threw Marmol and then James uh-huh. Russell. Yeah, so that's why, well, I guess maybe they thought they were going to go Wood and then Dolis. Yes. Maybe that's what they were, that's what I guess they were hoping to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. But uh, at this point, Sean Camp has pitched extremely well for the Chicago Cubs. And if you're going to, if Dale Swim, he said you're not going to put Kerry Wood in non-trust situations, well, all of a sudden, Kerry Wood's not expecting to pitch, and all of a sudden he's warming up, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. It's, you, you always know your bullpen is in trouble if you've got like you know six of your seven guys in the bullpen when you would prefer to pitch them in non-stress situations. <laughs> that, that's when you know as a manager you're in trouble. <laughs> we, right now we got a lot of non-stress situation guys, but hopefully Rafael Dolis will be the answer. And, and, and exactly, so you got your non-stress situation guy, and then you have your 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 fifth starter, or maybe your fourth, or if you really had your third starter, which is the term you hate the most, <laughs> inning eater. <laughs> a pitchy sample of inning eaters and non-stress yeah. situation, guys. That's, that's <laughs> Actually, when Marmal was closing, you could say we had six non-stress guys, and then our closer was like the guy who caused the stress for the other six guys. <laughs> so was was not exactly a winning, winning combination. But at any rate, we lose 3-1 to one last night. Tough day for Brian LaHare, too, because he had a couple of opportunities and uh, did not come through in the clutch, which, of course, yeah. he has all season long. Yeah, that's, the whole thing is you got to say, hey, you know, Brian LaHare had a, had a bad game. He, he doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often. There's a runner at first and third, one out, and there was a perfect pitch, uh, low and on the outside corner. And for the one of the rare times, I think he was trying to pull the ball because he's been just so good at going with the pitch, and he's so powerful that he can hit it out the left and left center. And he tried to pull it, ground ball to the second baseman, double play, you know, Braves out of the inning. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, LaHare has been so good all year long. It's going to happen. You know, Barry Bonds made out. You know, like 65% of the time, Barry Bonds made an out, believe it or not. So, And before you know, we leave the happen. Cub, we got to mention yet another brilliant, not just good, but brilliant start. Seven innings. Forget how many hits he gave up. Seven strikeouts, one walk, Ryan Dempster's ERA, barely above one big dog, and the son of a gun can't get a victory. But he pitched well again last night. Yeah, uh, Ryan Dempster pitches seven innings, allows one run, and the only thing he got out of it was his ERA to go up. That's the only thing he had out of yesterday's game. Mm-hmm. So, and that, that Atlanta Brave lineup is not a bad hitting lineup. It's pretty 
Pretty solid lineup. It would be an average lineup in the American League right now, but if you think about the National League, if Above. you're thinking about the think about the National League East, it's better than the Nationals lineup. It's better than the Marlins, the, the Mets, and the Phillies. It's the best lineup in that division. In the, in the National League Central, mm-hmm. it's better than everybody besides the, the Reds if Joey Votto ever decides to get his helmet out of his butt. Got Michael Bourne, Freddie Freeman, who I really like, left-handed oh, solid hitter. Uh, Jason Hayward, who is like up and down. Yep. The best hitting catcher in the National League, Brian McCann. Yep. Dan Ogle. Uh, Jones is hitting 350 or 325, whatever mm-hmm. it is right now. Yep. So Got Dan Ogle part of that. So that's a, uh, a solid, very solid, if not spectacular, hitting lineup. Ryan Dempster kept him under control, still could not get a victory. But uh, what are you going to do? White Sox did win. Good news for them. Coming off a doubleheader loss. Big dog, they win in the 10th inning. Alex Rios with a triple off of Chris Perez. The two of them had a little tit-for-tat mm-hmm. last week, and uh, Perez got the better of Rios. But uh, the White Sox, a, to put it mildly, a much-needed victory last night. Yeah. You know, obviously in baseball and in May, must-wins, uh, you can't use that term, but you, you have to. You had the feeling where the, they had to win that game yesterday, Coach. They really did because now they have a chance to at least split the series. They, they, they're playing Cleveland today. They have four games in three days. Yeah, you split the series today, and you feel good about going into Cleveland. You really do, because if you lose a doubleheader on Monday, and the uh, you know the pitching matchups aren't all that great the rest mm-hmm. of the way, not good. But. Chief uh, Wahoo, I know in this day of political correctness, it's hard to keep track of which mascots are allowed and which aren't. But uh, Big Dog is Chief Wahoo still part of the franchise? No, Ugh. I'm almost positive. I cannot say officially. Uh, I do know that we have uh, some Cleveland Indian fans that listen. I would hope mm. they would uh, call us at 888-463-6748 to confirm it. Is there like a, I'm, is almost, there... I'm almost positive after the 95 year, they Chief Wahoo was done away with. After 95? They so once yeah, again, was, I'm like I'm like 16 yeah, years behind. What's new? Uh, when they went 144 and 95, I'm almost, because they had the guy, the Chief Wahoo guy that would beat the drum in it was, it was like a takeoff of the Major League movie. This is no joke, Coach. They, they, so some guy was like, hey, that's a cool idea. He started going <laughs> to Indian games and like dressing as Chief Wahoo. And, and then all of a sudden they came in and they're like, you can't act that way. And if anybody uses the term Wahoos about the Indians, you're basically, you're not really an Indian fan. So like, Was it Chief Wahoo that used to, no, that's slide down the slide. That's at Milwaukee Brewers games? Yeah, Bernie the Brewer. Slides down the slide okay. whenever uh, somebody goes deep. I used to love that, but now the now the Brewers are in the American League or in the National League, mm-hmm. and I hate it now. Wasn't there a rumor at one time that Bernie the Brewer might have accosted Chief Wahoo, like after the game, like two o'clock in the morning, and Wahoo had put some allegations in, but it, it kind of got covered up. I think Major League Baseball covered the story up. Yeah, well, well, the the Brewers were in the American League, and they were both in the American League East. They were mm-hmm. bitter rivals for sixth and seventh place for years. And let's just say Native Americans have never had a uh, a really good ordeal when it comes to alcohol. So you mix you mix you mix brewers and Indians together. That's it's war, yeah. coach. Well, if he's discontinued, David, do you have an update? I know the fans are waiting on the edge of their seats for updated information on Chief Wahoo. I thought he was still part of the franchise. Oh, he still is. Still is. Still is. You go to the uh, Cleveland Indians website. Boom, there, there he is. There you go. So, yeah, he's still part of it. And they still call him Chief Wahoo? They still call him Chief Wahoo.
I, sw- I swear to you, David, there were like boycotts and people picketing that. And I thought they there actually. Ha- there had ha- there, and there have been for 40 years they've been protesting that. Okay, I 40 swear years. I thought they actually and did it, away it, with it, It's the Indians and the Redskins have dug in their heels on their team names. So. Yeah. Yeah. If, well, if see, you're going to get rid of a politically correct name, the Redskins. Oh, now, my goodness. That's, that's one you definitely want to get rid of. That's the only name, and I, that's the only name, in, the idea that a bunch of old, rich, white women are trying to get, fighting a Illini. These people have no idea. I, just want, I, I always say this, this, let me do it real quick, Coach. The only reason why I know of the Trail of Tears where millions of Native Americans were slaughtered in this country is because I had a teacher who explained to me, hey, you better find out what a Illini really means. So I researched it because I was such an Illini fan. I, I didn't know all this stuff. Well, if you change their name to the Orange, there won't be a kid being like, hey, what does the line I mean, Mrs. Tigerson? And maybe we can do something else that hides the fact that these people were murdered mm-hmm. and everything taken from them. Okay, so it's just so every time you're out there boycotting the fact that the name Illini is used, remember who was here first, okay? And I've never met a Native American who's ever told me that they don't, that they're upset that they, besides Redskins, and they don't like Redskins. They hate Redskins, by the way. And we have so, to end it on that yeah. particular note, Big Dog. We, uh, Span the globe day today from your shins all the way to Native Americans. And we snuck in a lot of a little bit of Chicago Bull and Chicago Cub talk as well. We do want to thank Sports by George, George Darko, for joining us today. A kindly young gentleman. Oh, it's good to talk to George. It's awful nice. Now I'm about to go watch Dan Patrick talk to Bill Romanowski because Bill Romanowski was actually targeted in a felony once. I can't wait to hear this, Coach. Don't want to miss this. We'll talk about that and more tomorrow. Thanks for listening, everybody. Dog and a coach signing off. Two guys in a mic back at you 10 o'clock tomorrow. Have an outstanding day, and don't be late. 10 o'clock we start.